we are talking about Jupiter, and I could not be more excited. I am so pumped to tell you all about Jupiter. Let's get into it. Jupiter's mythology and history. I study Hellenistic astrology, which means it's rooted in the ancient Greek-Roman teachings. All of you know this by now, but if you're new to the podcast, I do want to give you that disclaimer. Sometimes these teachings can differ slightly than the modern ones. So as the podcast goes on, keep that in mind if you hear anything that may conflict with what you have typically heard or typically see. Jupiter is one of those planets where the traditional and modern rulers differ. So definitely keep that in mind as we go through this. The Greek god Zeus and the Roman god Jupiter. We are talking about Big Daddy Zeus. Zeus is the ruler of the heavens, the skies, and the godliest god of them all. He's an all-powerful god who is just all around larger than life. Zeus has always given me major frat bro vibes. (laughs) Like, he's here to party, but he's also here to reign supreme. The day of the week Jupiter signifies is Thursday. The Roman god Jupiter was likened to the Norse god Thunor or Thor. So Thursday is Thor's day. Jupiter, Zeus, and Thor are all associated with being gods of the skies, thunder, lightning, and an overall imposing force. I was actually born on Thursday, and I have that Sagittarius stellium, so again, if I feel or seem, I know I feel pumped, but if I seem really pumped up during this and talking about Jupiter, that's why. I'm kind of a child, oh, of Zeus, of Jupiter, in a sense. I have a Jupiter tattoo. (laughs) I really went for it with uh, making sure people know that Jupiter is uh, the place to be for me. So let's go over Jupiter as a physical planet and its transits. It is the fifth planet from the sun and the largest planet in our solar system. About 1,200 Earths could fit inside Jupiter, and it has a lot of moons, and I think it's around 67, has around 67 moons, and it just has this huge, big magnetic field. It takes about 12 years to orbit the sun, and it stays in each sign for roughly a year. Jupiter will station retrograde once a year for a period of about three to four months. Metaphysically speaking, so more spiritually speaking, the planet is hot and wet, meaning there's a sense of expansion and growth. It's similar to Venus, except Venus is cool and wet, if you remember from the Venus episode. Both planets are benefics, so they like bringing people together, but the means to do so are different. Venus being cool and Jupiter being hot, Venus is more passive and inviting, and Jupiter is more active and expanding. And we'll go over that a little bit later in the episode, a little more. Physically speaking, though, actually the actual physical planet, Jupiter is made up of liquids and gas, mostly hydrogen and helium. Jupiter doesn't actually have a true surface. So when people refer to it as a gas giant, That's what they actually mean. It's this huge, and I mean huge, ball of swirling gases and liquids. And I know I said Jupiter is hot and wet, but remember, that was metaphysically. Physically, Jupiter is actually quite chilly. And how chilly, you ask? About negative 234 degrees Fahrenheit, 
and negative 145 degrees Celsius. But that temperature is relative because the deeper you go into the gas giant and the closer to the core that you get, the hotter it gets. Because remember, it doesn't have a true surface. It's a gas giant. On the outer rim of the gas giant, it's very, very cold. But as you go more and more in, it gets hot. And how hot, <laughs> you might ask? 43,000 degrees Fahrenheit and 24,000 degrees Celsius. Another really cool thing about Jupiter is that lightning storms occur there that cause it to rain diamonds. When I had heard about that, I was just like, hold up. So you're telling me, like, the biggest planet, the most extra planet, (laughs) it rains diamonds. And I know it happens on other planets. I believe it happens on Saturn as well. But for some reason, Jupiter raining diamonds because of lightning strikes is just, it's a thing of uh, fantasy almost. It's crazy for me to think about and really wrap my brain around. I can barely wrap my brain around how big it is because I don't think you can actually contextualize something like that. But man, now that I know there's thunder strikes and thunderstorms going on in Jupiter and it's just raining diamonds, that's a lot for me to take in. But the process of it, raining diamonds, goes something like this. The lightning storms on Jupiter often have a lightning strike that will come into contact with methane. That methane is zapped and turned into soot, which is just simply carbon. Diamonds are formed when carbon is put under immense heat and pressure. The atmospheric pressure of Jupiter is so great that it's able to put pressure on those soot particles and basically turn them into diamonds mid-air. As the newly formed diamonds keep falling into the center of Jupiter, because remember, there's no true surface, they encounter extreme conditions of heat and pressure that actually cause the diamonds to melt into molten carbon. So the process, I feel, is so quick. It's just, boom, lightning strike. And then it just falls, and it's this beautiful diamond, and then, boop, it just melts away. And it's also interesting for me to think that the gods, Zeus and Thor, have their significations of being sky gods and their associations with thunder and lightning. And then Jupiter has lightning storms that makes diamonds. And maybe it's the fact that I am a child of Jupiter and I have such a connection with Jupiter, or also the fact that I'm geeking out a little bit from my science background as well. But either way, it's just freaking awesome to me. I love it. Now let's get into Jupiter's significations as a planet. Jupiter is the ruler of Sagittarius and Pisces. When placed in these signs, it's said to be in its domicile, which means Jupiter's happy. And when I say happy, I mean pumped, like real pumped up. So Jupiter is happy to be here and feels at home and will be able to naturally express itself better and bigger. Jupiter experiences its exaltation in Cancer, which is also a place that it feels at home and able to express itself. Conversely, Jupiter has placements it does not favor, and these are called detriment and fall. Detriment is experienced in Gemini and Virgo, and then fall in Capricorn. If you have a Jupiter placement in detriment or fall, don't be worried. It's not the end of the world. Detriment and fall are never end-of-the-world placements. It's simply pointing towards an area that you may need to work a little harder at. For instance, if your Jupiter is in Capricorn, it's going to be in fall. Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, 
which has a very different way of operating than Jupiter does. Jupiter wants to say yes, Saturn wants to say no. There's going to be an internal struggle of wills here. It might manifest as being overly concerned with rules and striving towards achievements and never focusing on fun or leisure. Jupiter never wants to do the same things twice. Saturn needs the structure. It's going to be a battle of wills. And it's just not all that bad. It's about knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. Jupiter experiences its joy when positioned in the 11th house. The 11th house is considered the house of good spirit in Hellenistic astrology. Jupiter experiences joy here because it's the house of friends, social groups, community, fan bases, and overall any situation or event that has to do with gatherings of people. In modern times, that even means groups over the internet. This is a house of alliances. It's the house of hopes, dreams, and wishes. Jupiter has its joy here because it can naturally expand and bring people together. The, the more the merrier is really the, uh, the saying in this house. And that's why Jupiter would be happy here. Like, yeah, bring it on, party. The more the merrier, great. Jupiter also being a planet of luck doesn't mind being in a house that has to do with hopes and dreams. If you have Jupiter in the 11th, it's great. It's awesome. But be careful what you wish for because you'll most likely get it. It's definitely a monkey's paw situation. Be careful where you direct your energy. Be careful what you really, again, wish for because Zeus will give it to you and he might not give it to you in the way that you thought he might. Jupiter is a benefic planet. Whether you have a day or a night chart, Jupiter is always a benefic planet or a good planet. It prefers to be in day charts and will be strongest there. So while Jupiter is considered to be good, it's always good, even if it's not in the preferable sect. But if it's in a chart with the preferable sect, then the influence is larger than life and uninhibited. Luck, optimism, expansion, generosity, and wisdom are all words that come to mind when I think of Jupiter. Wherever Jupiter is in our charts, we see a natural tendency towards growth and expansion. Jupiter wants to take up as much space as possible and push the native to be all that they can be in that area of their life. Jupiter is most well known for being the planet of luck. Both sign and house placement will indicate how naturally lucky the native is and what area of life they experience that luck. When you know your Jupiter placement, you can analyze a couple different things. So you can look at where you're lucky or what you find luck through, what area of life you're expansive in, what area of your life you really just have an easy time being larger than life. Also, your joy and your generosity. Jupiter's very giving. It not only expands, but it shares with others as it does. And that is another reason why Jupiter experiences its joy in the 11th house because it's about community, it's about sharing, it's about bringing people together and not just bringing them together, but being generous while doing so. Our Jupiter placement alludes to our innate wisdoms, but also our indulgences. So the area of your life that you're just good at or you have a knack for, Jupiter will be there. Also, what you bring to people's attention and what you share with them. Remember, it's about being generous. What do you uh, give to others? What wisdom do you bestow on other people? 
And then also what you tend to overdo it with. Where is your vice? What is the one thing that you just can't get enough of in life? That's also Jupiter. So let's go over a couple examples to really flush this out. We'll start with Jupiter in Virgo in the ninth house. So we have Jupiter in Virgo, which means it's in fall. So Jupiter is not able to express itself as it would typically like to. And it's in the ninth house, which is the house of uh, studying and further education, also occult wisdom, things like that, religion, even philosophy. So Jupiter will be pretty happy there in the ninth house. It's not their joy, but it's also a place where it can feel comfortable expanding. Now you do have Virgo holding it back a little bit, but with this placement, we see someone who really makes their own luck. Instead of relying on Big Daddy Zeus to do everything for them or kind of watch out for them, they make their own luck. They make their own way and they do it through expanding their knowledge. How very Virgo, (laughs) very, very Virgo, through hard work, through uh, looking at things analytically and being like, okay, that's the best option for me. That's going to have the biggest payout. And they study that and they're just good at seeing those avenues for themselves. The next example is Jupiter and Leo in the 11th house. So Leo is not detriment or fall or exaltation or anything like that, just a regular placement. So it's happy there. It's a fire sign. Okay. And then it's in the 11th house, which is its joy. So we're going to have a, a native who can really easily garner community, who can kind of fit in anywhere. And since it's Leo, be a really big presence. They'll have a really, oh, intense need and want to kind of be center stage and be the one in the group. They will want that, which that can be annoying. And that's something we'll get to with Jupiter placements. But overall, they just, they find their people. They find their fan base, their community really easily. And they have an easy time creating communities in different places wherever they go. The last example I'll do is Jupiter in Sagittarius in the seventh house. So Jupiter is in its domicile, meaning it's larger than life. It's expressing big time. And then the seventh house is the house of others. Intimate relationships doesn't have to be romantic, but generally marriage and other things are seen here. So we'll stick with the marriage one. Jupiter in Sagittarius in the seventh might be someone who really enjoys marriage, maybe a little too much. Maybe there's someone who gets married multiple times and they just, they always find a partner. They can easily find people, people love them, but that Sagittarius need to expand and grow, they're probably going to have multiple partners, multiple really close relationships, and just be really good at those close-knit relationships and so good that they might enjoy a couple of them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Similar to Venus, Jupiter is a unifying planet. While they both unify, they have different means of doing so. Remember, Venus is more passive. Venus is watery, fluid, and welcoming. Venus would invite you into their home and have you indulge in conversation and confections, whereas Jupiter is more active. Jupiter is energetic, boundless, and uplifting. Jupiter will tell you to meet them on top of a mountain to watch the sunrise and then go for an adventure through the woods without a map. And they're totally okay with that because they just know that they'll find the way out. So that's how those two benefic planets 
are the same, but different. They have different means of doing the same thing, which is bringing people together. If you're thinking, man, Jupiter sounds great, it's because it kind of is. And I'm not just saying that because I'm such a pro-Jupiter person. A well-placed Jupiter can bring someone a lot of luck, a lot of generosity and optimism. Just look at the two signs that have its domicile in Jupiter, which is Sagittarius and Pisces. Sagittarius is going to be the more active go-getter domicile placement. I mean, it's fire, it's flair, it's the ultimate frisbee of Jupiter placements. And Pisces is going to be the more passive, happy-go-lucky domicile placement. While Pisces has its head in the clouds and, you know, they're off being a psychic phenomenon, Jupiter is there to make sure they don't trip and fall. Jupiter guides the domiciles and the exaltation placements in a way that it doesn't the others. It really just looks out for them. Those people that are just really lucky, they most likely have a very well-placed Jupiter or they have a lot of Pisces or Sagittarius in their chart in general. There is, however, a dark side, a negative side to a well-placed Jupiter. (laughs) Dun-dun. The negative side of having a well-placed Jupiter is the tendency to overindulge and be obnoxious. At the beginning of the episode, I said that Zeus was similar to a frat bro, in my opinion. And I did that because while he likes to party down, he also tends to get so big that it makes people or others, other gods, people, anybody, makes everyone uncomfortable, to say the least. So a well-positioned Jupiter can lead people to uh, being annoying, obnoxious, overly optimistic, and just kind of careless about life because everything always works out for them. These natives can forget that not everyone is a child of Jupiter and is blessed by Zeus. It gives them a rather golden perspective on life that others can't relate to because that hasn't been their experience. And I'm saying that from experience myself. I know with all of my Sagittarius placements and just some of the aspects that I have with Jupiter in my chart and where Jupiter is placed in my chart, I am very lucky. One of the examples I gave was me. Jupiter is in Leo in the 11th house. I am good at garnering community. I am lucky in that aspect. Jupiter also has some interesting aspects, I think, to my ascendant, possibly, and with Venus. Jupiter and Venus are like tag team, like, you know, trines, all kinds of good things in my chart. So I'm very, very lucky. And it has taken me a while to become aware that not everyone experiences that luck and that safety net that Jupiter gives them. I just feel like everything always works out. And in my mind, that's my reality because that's how I've lived my entire life. But that's not the case for everyone. And it can be really obnoxious. I can be really obnoxious when I'm overly optimistic and just say like, yeah, everything works out. It's cool. And then I go, you know, skateboard off cliff or something and it works out and it was cool. And that's, that can be very annoying. And I know that. The last thing I want to say about Jupiter to end this overview is that even if you don't have a well-placed Jupiter, know that you can make your own luck. No matter what, Jupiter is a benefic. It will always want to give you the goodness and the gifts that it has, no matter where it's placed. Saturn is the one who says no. 
Jupiter will always say yes. I cannot think of an instance where Jupiter would be like, nah, brah, sorry. (laughs) I just can't. Unless it was like, let's stay in and study instead of go to the party. Then Jupiter would be like, nah, brah, let's go to the party. But Jupiter, no matter if it's in detriment and fall and it's in the worst house possible, doesn't matter. It is always a benefic. Jupiter wants to give you gifts no matter what, even if it's hard for you. Even if you really have to work at it, you uh, still will find a certain amount of luck in your life somewhere. So that's Jupiter, my sweet babes. I hope you enjoyed the little 101 episode. It was nice to get back into some astrology after hanging out with all those shadow archetypes over the past couple weeks. So thank you for tuning into those and thank you for tuning back in and getting into the swing of the astrology thing. Now that you know a good bit about Jupiter, we're ready to talk about how it manifests in the different astrological signs. You guys know the drill. Over the next two weeks, we'll break it up. Aries through Virgo and then Libra through Pisces. As always, thank you for being here. If you want more moon content before next week, go find me on Instagram at moonmatters.astro or on Twitter at moonmatters. All right, I will see all you moon babes later. Later.